1: Very good. Well, welcome aboard, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And it's been a quite a weekend for us in Anchorage. We had President Donald Trump visiting and uh, lots and lots of activity around that. We had uh, a pro-abortion protests on the Park Strip, and there were a couple of hundred people who went to that. There were really about, I would say, thousands of people who were down at the University of Alaska, uh, Alaska Airlines Center, where uh, Donald Trump was, we, and then Mike Lindell was, and then just lots and lots of Trump fans. And uh, then out in Palmer, Alaska, at the, at the fairgrounds, there was a, a Pride Underground. It was kind of a gay underground uh, festival on our fairgrounds, and that was supposed to be a family-friendly event for kids and lots of drag queen activity out on our fairgrounds. And so it's a great day for me to be able to bring to our program today, uh, Chris Elston, who is uh, is known as Billboard Chris, right, Chris?
0: That's right. I travel around North America and I have these signs with me that I wear looking kind of silly in a sandwich board. But um, I talk about the harm coming to kids thanks to gender ideology. And I got this nickname because I put up a bunch of actual billboards in September of 2020 that simply said, I love J.K. Rowling because she'd spoken out about this. And of course, that got me a ton of hate. And my first billboard in Vancouver, B.C. was taken down because a city politician said it was hate speech. To love the world's greatest children's author makes a lot of sense. Right,
1: right. right. So we're going to be able to talk about this today, about what you do and what your mission is. And, and I think that what makes it especially interesting for Alaskans is that you are one person making a huge difference. You stepped out of your comfort zone to do something that you thought was really important for children. And probably one of the most important things that anybody can do, which is to say gender ideology is uh, bad for children and that children do not have the ability to consent to uh, these uh, puberty blockers. And so I wanna talk to you about that. Before we get started, I wanna thank our sponsor of our show, uh, Shoshana Gunderstein, Gunders- who is a candidate for US Senate. Shoshana Gunderstein is the sponsor of our show this month. We're very, very proud to have her. If any of you um, did not listen to her, our program with her last week, uh, I recommend it to you. She is a young up and coming political activist from Juneau. She is a nonpartisan, so she's not Republican. She's not Democrat. She says she leans conservative, um, and so to find out more about Shoshana Gundersen. And thank you, Shoshana, for sponsoring our show. Now back to our program with Chris Elston. When did you actually first just decide to step out of your your comfort zone and start working on this anti-gender ideology program?
0: Yeah, in July of 2020, I had had enough. I've been researching all this stuff that's going on with kids all year every night and uh, going back into 2019. And then in the summer of 2020, there's a woman named Posey Parker in England who put up a sign at the Edinburgh train station that simply said, I love JK Rowling, because JK has spoken out about these issues with gender ideology, about what's happening to women's rights, and also with what's happening to kids And, you know, when I first heard the term puberty blockers, I said, what the heck are those? Those don't sound good. And I did my research. Doesn't take very long to understand that they are exactly what they sound like. These are drugs being given to kids that stop their bodies going into puberty. And so for the average person on the street, when they hear about this, they're instantly horrified and disgusted because we're stopping the physical development of children who have come to believe that they're really a boy trapped in a girl's body or a girl trapped in a boy's body, whatever that means. No one can ever explain how that works because, of course, it's total nonsense. But I learned this was happening to kids, and I have two girls. They're 10 and 12 years old now. They were 8 and 10 at the time. And I just didn't like this whole mess that we're in. It's crazy, and we're not allowed to speak about it because what happened with this sign that got put up that said, I love J.K. Rowling, was it got taken down the next day as being too hateful.
1: Was it Because it taken people down, on
0: Twitter complained.
1: Was it t- taken down by authorities?
0: Yeah, it's a government-run train authority that took it down. Wow. Just because some people on Twitter complained. And I also happened to be reading Harry Potter at the time with my little eight-year-old. So, you know, J.K. Rowling was near and dear to us at the time. And if, of course, she still is, but it's more uh, top of mind when you're reading all these books and everything. So, anyway, I just thought this is ridiculous. We can't even put up a sign that says, I love J.K. Rowling. So, I decided to do something here in Vancouver, B.C., And so I put up a huge billboard leading into downtown Vancouver that said the same thing. And it got paint bombed overnight. And then I tweeted out a picture of it on a Friday afternoon and it went viral. And then a city politician and a bunch of people freaked out and they said it was hateful. And so they took it down the next day. And so I leveraged that into a campaign to do more all throughout the United States. And then because there's no way for me to reach people in Canada, I can't even put up a sign. To do with anything with this subject i did what we uh what we used to do in the old days i talked to people
1: okay
0: and so i go outside and i go downtown vancouver where it's busy i go to events i started traveling the country and i have these signs that i wear because they can take down my sign on a street but they can't take a sign off my back because it's not actual hate speech of course And so people just come up to me and they ask, what are puberty blockers? Because I have this sign usually on my front that says children cannot consent to puberty blockers. One on my back or sometimes my front. Now it will say the definition of a dad, which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology.
1: Ooh, ooh, that's good. Yeah,
0: people like that one. People also hate that one, of course. But (laughs) it it generates a lot of discussion, which is the whole point of what I'm doing. I'm out there to have conversations and I'm as peaceful as they come. I'm like Gandhi out there. I take tons of abuse. I've been assaulted. I've had my arm broken by Antifa. I've been arrested twice after getting assaulted. It's been a completely crazy ride just for standing out on the street, trying to have conversations with people about actual physical harm coming to children.
1: What I think is really interesting about this is that this is is evidence that one person can take a stand and make a real difference, but not without risk. Because uh, where, I, where I became aware of you is that when I became aware that you had been assaulted simply for wearing your sandwich board sign that said, children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And at this point in our culture, if you can't even say that without you know having a physical assault on you, then we are in some real trouble here. And um, so, it's, it's, so let's talk about these puberty blockers for a minute. Um, and for a lot of, of kids, when they're growing up, they may want to experiment with different kinds of just behavior. And I know I was not the only tomboy in, in the world. Lots and lots of girls are tomboys. They just, we, we're outdoorsy. And you know, when, you're, when you're a young kid, you just explore the world. And we, you know, we hunt, we fish, we do all the things in Alaska that we love to do but that we're still girls Um, when a lot of these kids are going to public schools and learning that gender is just a social construct. It's not actually a biological thing. It's just whatever you want it to be. And are you finding that, uh, that kids in public schools in Canada are being exposed to this type of ideology, not just in the U S but also in Canada.
0: Yeah. Canada's worse than the U S for sure. On almost every metric for this, we're probably the worst in the world. So we've had a bit of a head start. It's been in schools a little longer. Depending on the province you're in, it's also different. It's been worse in British Columbia than the rest of the country, but they're catching up very quickly. And we have laws that are passed that prevent parents from even helping their children feel comfortable with their bodies. It's now considered conversion therapy to help a girl feel comfortable as a girl.
1: Wow. It's and totally so, fine
0: to convince her she's a boy. That's okay. But to help her feel comfortable with her sex and not go on these puberty blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones, getting double mastectomies even as children, that's somehow deemed conversion therapy to prevent a child from coming to irreversible damage. But it's fine to convince them that there's something that they're not.
1: So it's interesting to me because you're, you're, you've you got these kids that are starting to get hooked on these drugs at a very young age to do puberty blocking. And how long do they have to stay on these drugs? Is this forever?
0: So the puberty blocking drugs are designed to stop puberty from happening. Okay. So it depends when these kids suddenly identify as trans because these aren't kids that grew up with what we call gender dysphoria, this feeling of a mismatch between your physical sex and the gender that you think you are. These are primarily girls now hitting adolescence, getting into middle school, where this stuff is all the rage. It's a craze. It's a fad. It's popular, you get rewarded for it because now you're special because you have some special identity now. Because just to be a cis heteronormative kid is not cool anymore. All these kids are searching for identities, especially the girls. And so it's when they're getting to be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, a lot of these kids now say that they're trans. But they'll give these puberty blockers to a kid when they're nine or 10 years old, whenever they first hit puberty. Because the whole objective of these drugs is to stop them from developing to look more like their biological sex because that would apparently cause distress to the child. This is a lie, of course. And then they give them the opposite sexist hormones. So a kid might go on puberty blockers from 11 to 15. um, Could go longer. They're not supposed to go that long because it causes a lot of damage to their bones. Bone demineralization is one of the side effects. A young girl in Sweden, 15 years old, was on them for three years and she suffered spinal fractures and has early stage osteoporosis and she's in chronic pain. Uh, Another mom I just talked to in California a few months ago, her daughter was on these for two or three years and she lost 11% of her bone density at a time when her bones should be getting way stronger because our bones are a lot softer as kids. They get a lot harder during puberty, but that's one of the side effects of this drugs of this puberty blocking drug. And then they give them the opposite sexist hormones. So it's girls taking testosterone. They'll do this. At 13 years of age, the the World Professional Association for Transgender Health had recommended 60 years of age, but all these gender clinics just kind of do whatever they want because none of this is regulated. And it's just the Wild West of so-called gender medicine. They call this gender affirming care to give it a nice little euphemistic term. But what this is, is stopping the physical development of a child and then putting copious amounts of opposite sex hormones into their body that don't belong there greater chance of cancer a lot of these girls they have to get hysterectomies after four or five years because it causes vaginal and uterine atrophy when you're taking testosterone of course they're going to get a deep voice they're going to grow hair everywhere it causes other effects i don't even want to get into on the air but people can google this there's tons of negative side effects um it's like a form of female genital mutilation as well but anyway yeah it's totally nuts these kids are being led to believe that just because they don't match the stereotypes associated with their sex, that that must mean that they're the opposite sex and that they're only going to find true happiness by transition.
1: There has to be some, some sort of financial benefit to somebody in all of this. And I'm, I'm guessing that the pharmaceutical companies are absolutely thrilled to get people hooked on medicines for life. I mean, I come from kind of a, a natural a, a natural medicine and a natural lifestyle background. I, i people who know me know that I was, you know, owned a natural food store and I've always been organic and I'm kind of like a hippie in that way. Um, I'm probably the most conservative hippie everybody knows, but, um, but, uh, this is, this sounds like big pharma to me. This sounds really, really sinister
0: yeah, they, of course, are profiting from this. These kids are becoming lifelong medical patients. So they go on the puberty blockers to stop puberty. And then when they're 16 or 17 years of age, when a girl's done puberty, they're not going to need these drugs anymore. Because they're not going to be able to go through puberty again when in their 20s. But the testosterone, they have to stay on for life.
1: So, so for um, for you, you are now kind of doing this partly full-time are you f- full-time with this yeah, now
0: pretty much full-time full-time
1: yep. with this and um you're going around the country talking to people i've, I've watched you your web you're, you've got a great website we're going to point people to that in a little bit to learn more because i think what you're doing is super important work by the way chris and um so what are some of the stories you're hearing from people like parents or people who have had had this done and now realize that they've been completely used
0: So yeah, I tweet out the stories all the time. And people can find me on Twitter at Billboard Chris. Billboard Chris. There's a search ban on me. So you have to enter the whole name and then click on it because I won't show up in the search bar because Twitter's censoring me. But it's Billboard Chris. And I tweet out stories all the time of detransitioners. So these are young people who now have deep regrets about what they did in their teens, usually. And they're saying, what the heck did you do to me? I was a child. I was struggling. Mm -hmm. I had other comorbidities going on. I was depressed and anxious and had an eating disorder. I was cutting and I needed mental health help. And I was just pushed onto this gender treadmill instantly of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and double mastectomies as children. And it is primarily girls these days that this is affecting. And you get schools where one out of 10 kids say they're transgender or non-binary. This used to affect one one out of Mm 10,000. Now you get one out of 10 and you get entire peer groups of girls who say they're trans. And it's almost Obviously like it's this a, is a, social a fad. Contagion. It's yeah, like a, it,
1: yeah, a social contagion. That's a good way of putting out. It. It's a social
0: contagion. 100% it's a social contagion. A mom, I tweeted this story the other day. Uh, someone else wrote this story, but it was a mom in a Facebook group for transgender allies. She decided to read her daughter who's 10 years old. Some of these books about being transgender. Well, guess what? One month later, this girl decided she was trans. Her yes. mom read her the books. Don't be surprised when you introduce your child to a cult
1: mm-hmm. when they
0: end up joining the cult. Right. And a month later, this girl decided she was trans. And now mom is saying, I know she's not really trans because, of course, parents know their daughters and their sons. But this kid's been indoctrinated. And now all of a sudden, these people that she was just the allies of and the friends with are telling her that she's now a transphobe because she's not listening to her son, which they call this girl. It's just instant. As soon as a kid says they're trans, we are just supposed to believe this hundred percent and medicate them. Mm -hmm. Now, if we go back in time and we look at historical gender dysphoria, real gender dysphoria, not this craze, but where kids, mostly boys historically this affected from a very young age, these boys were much more feminine. They wanted to be girls, whatever. 80 to 90% of those kids, when they grew up and went through puberty, this dysphoria just went away on its own. Mm -hmm. And this was a tiny number of them, And they just grew out of it because the cure for gender dysphoria is their own hormones that come with puberty. It's testosterone for boys, it's estrogen for girls. We block that now. So we're blocking the cure, which would make them feel more comfortable. Plus just age and brain development and maturation we don't even know what these drugs and hormones are doing to brain development, by the way. This whole thing is an experiment. These drugs have never been approved by the FDA for this purpose. This drug was approved to treat prostate cancer in men, endometriosis in women. And it was this, it's the same exact drug that we've given to pedophiles to chemically castrate them. But we don't do that anymore because it's deemed too inhumane. But we're going to give this to a 10-year-old child okay who still believes the easter bunny comes in and leaves chocolate eggs around their house every year
1: right
0: because they've suddenly decided that they want to be the other sex because guess what growing up is hard puberty's hard tends to be more hard for girls i think their bodies are changing more they're getting sexualized by men all that sort of stuff but yeah we're just going to medicate these kids with no clinical trials ever been having done into this for the first time in human history in 300,000 years that we've been on this planet we're going to start playing with children's biology because ABV Pharmaceuticals has a drug which can stop their puberty. Right. And we're just all going to go along with this and call this loving and kind when we're sterilizing children, because right. that's also happening to these kids. Yes. So yeah, it's all totally nuts. It's child abuse. The left just lie like a rug. Mm-hmm. Every time they talk about this issue, they say these puberty blockers are just a pause button and they're fully reversible. No, but there's no time that. machine that takes you back in age from 17 to 11 years of age where you should be going through puberty these boys that grow up on these drugs they end up with a micropenis for life the president of the world professional association for transgender health marcy bowers who is himself a trans woman so biological male but this is the person running the the body that writes the standards of care marcy bowers just admitted two months ago that literally zero of these boys, none of them, when they've grown up, have ever been able to have any sexual function. They can't oh, have an orgasm. No. Things just don't work down there. So they can't have intimate relationships. We're taking that away from these children. We have over 42,000 girls and young women right now on GoFundMe trying to raise money to cut their breasts off for gender purposes. Say that
1: so again. Is, Say that again. What, what, what's there
0: that? are over 42,000 girls and young women. On um, GoFundMe right now, trying to raise money for a double mastectomy.
1: GoFundMe allows that, huh?
0: They promote it. They have a page oh. just for it. It's gender That's... affirming care. They think they're saving lives.
1: It's stunning. What you're telling me is just stunning. And it's so important that Alaskans hear it because we're getting more and more of that up here in Alaska we have um, our school districts are now erasing the gender norms for restrooms, of course. And also uh, some of the schools are allowing boys to play on girls teams if they decide that they want to identify as a, as a girl, which is kind of another sort of another side angle. This is a little bit different. These may or may not be going through transition, but if they identify as a girl, they can still compete on a girls team. What are the the kinds of pushback you're getting other than um, other than you've had some personal violence against you? I presume you don't go to Portland.
0: I went there once. I was on my way through, and I thought, well, let's stop in Portland. And I went into the downtown area. This was back in the late fall, I think, or December, and it was dead. It was like a ghost town in there, in the downtown area. And I'd been there about ten years ago, and it was thriving and busy. Yeah, and It's totally dead now. So I hung out for about an hour and nothing was really happening when I left. But yeah, that's one city I'm kind of wary of, for sure. Yeah,
1: you, you could get hurt there. But but I understand that you're on your way to Florida. You're going down to Tampa to speak with parents. And you've got some yeah. events going there. And and also, um, what what is next on your journey, do you see?
0: Yeah, I'm heading to Florida. I'm going to be speaking at a conference. There's a group called Moms for Liberty.
1: Oh, I've heard of them.
0: They're phenomenal. So I know one of the co-founders pretty well, Tiffany Justice. And they are amazing. These two women were both school board members whose terms ended in 2020. And in January of 2021, they started up this group. And they have 100,000 members now all across the country. I think there's some members. Yeah, I
1: think there may be a chapter even in Alaska somewhere. I'll look into that.
0: Probably. But, yeah, they're phenomenal. And they are taking this like we need to right to the school boards Mm -hmm. so i'm actually going to have about three two minute speeches prepared this week that i'll post on twitter and on my website that people can use to go to their school board and they'll have this two minute speech they can make their own a little bit and just blast these school board officials because they have no idea what the heck they're doing to our kids the unions are pushing this they think they're being loving and kind but what they are teaching to these children is exactly this, and I'm going to reference the most popular resource used in schools. It's called the Genderbread Person. It's a little gingerbread man, but of course they call it the Genderbread Person because they want to they want to give it a gendered name. Right. Okay. But it defines your gender identity right on there as being based on your personality, your jobs and hobbies, your likes and dislikes, your roles in society, and your expectations.
1: Wow, they use that to define gender?
0: Gender identity. Personality, oh. likes, dislikes, jobs, roles, hobbies, expectations.
1: You know, I hate to These say are... it, but that sounds really sexist to
0: me. Thank you. It's a it's 100% regressive, sexist, ridiculous nonsense. Like, oh are we back in the 1950s now? Yeah. Where the toys like... that you play with are only for one sex?
1: Yeah, I like to cook, therefore I must be a girl.
0: Exactly. There's an expression uh sexism is saying that women should do the dishes equality is oh men or women can do the dishes gender ideology teaches that whoever is doing the dishes is a woman okay
1: (laughs) you are amazing chris elson i am very very thrilled to have you on our show i want to give our listeners a chance to know where to reach you and so you're on twitter and that's where I found you. But a lot of our people in Alaska are not on Twitter. It's a very hostile place for um, Alaska conservatives. So they tend yeah. to stay away from that. But where else can they reach you? Let's give them your website. Sure. and let's, uh, let's give them your, like, if you have a Facebook page or, um, or anything else.
0: I'm not doing Facebook. I like, I like Twitter because you can reach millions if a tweet goes big or whatever. Yeah. But um, I have my website. So it's billboardchris.com. My Twitter feed is on there. If people aren't on Twitter, they can still see my latest feed and whatever I'm tweeting about because that's really where I do most of my campaigning. I'm also on Instagram, but I need to get it going more. But it's also the same handle, Billboard Chris. Billboard Chris. So yeah, BillboardChris.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Billboard Chris.
1: And it's in, in the, at your site there, I noticed that there's a donate button. and I want to encourage everybody who's listening today or watching on Facebook to go to billboardchris.com and to just you know throw some help his way. He's going to Tampa, Florida to talk to uh, moms down there and help them activate and learn how to speak to school boards. And Chris is going all over the country uh, and that comes at great cost. And I think this is a because worth supporting. It's not about hate. This is all about love. This is about love and about using our, our just our rational science-based approach to what gender is. It's all about chromosomes, people. If you've got X chromosomes or Y chromosomes, it, it's not about whether or not you um, prefer to play with dolls. It, this is, um, we don't want to see them redefining gender we want to see gender as it actually is science-based and so uh, Chris we appreciate you so much coming on our show I know you've got to go and catch a plane from uh, British Columbia you're going to go to Toronto you said and then head down to Tampa Florida we'd like to have you back on our show in a, a few months and and just recap where you've been and how this journey is taking you
0: I'd love to I'm very honored you had me on thank you so much
1: very good, and for everybody who's still with us today, please um, go click on uh, Shoshana Gungnerstein for Senate and check her out. She's the sponsor of our our podcast this month, and we're very very much appreciative of that. It costs a lot of money to keep this operation going here at Must Read Alaska. We've got the, the podcast, of course, as you know. We've got the uh, the website. We have a, an amazing social media account. We've got a newsletter. And we appreciate all of you who, who join us here on the podcast. And I believe we'll have one tomorrow. We may have uh, an important guest on tomorrow. I'm hoping that we're going to see um, Kelly Chebacca for Senate as our guest. So uh, until then, we're going to leave you now from somewhere in Alaska. Safe journeys, Chris. You take care.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Take care.